Hello, and welcome to the True Faith Church of the Ancient Way, and I'm Nick Cuccinelli, your host. Today we are going to talk about the great mystery of the church. So if you'd open your Bibles, let's go to the book of Ephesians, and I'll be using the New American Standard today, and let's begin. And I will be starting with verse 9. And to bring to light which is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the churches, to the rulers, to the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, to whom we have bold boldness and confidence, access through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you to not lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are your glory. For this reason I bow down before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth deprises his name that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in the inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the heights, and depths, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able and to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. The great mystery of the church. My friends, here is what the great mystery of the church will be. Now, first, let's take your Bibles and let's go to the book of the Old Testament of Leviticus. That is the book of Leviticus. And we will be in chapter 19, verse 6. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests in a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. Now go to the New Testament. In Peter, Peter, First Peter, chapter <clears throat> two, starting with verse nine. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people for God's own possession, so you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. For you were once not people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So, what is that saying? The Jews have something we don't have. And we have something the Jews don't have. And here is what it is. The Jews have... The king, the law, the holy nation. And we 
have the royal peace uh, priesthood and we have grace and we have the priests. Jesus reconciled the two, the king which represents the law and the priests which represent the grace and the two go hand in hand. And what I'm saying is that word law, by the way, according to Psalms 119 verse 142 means thy law is truth. So it's actually truth and grace. And you need both. Truth and grace. Psalms 111 says it so clearly. It says thy commandments are forever and ever. The commandments of God are not abolished if they're forever and ever. They were transferred from the tablets of stone to the tablets of our heart through the Holy Spirit. We are still to follow them. When we are a babe in Christ, we start with love and grace. But as we mature, we mature into obedience, which will lead to holiness. And what's very sad is many churches have a lot of immature believers in their church. They teach them the love and grace, but they forgot to teach them the meat of the word obedience that lead to holiness. First Peter chapter 1 says it so clearly. We're to be obedient unto holiness, because without holiness, we will not see the Lord. So what is happening, because we have a partial faith, and there is no partiality in God, they are lukewarm Christians, and lukewarm Christians will not get into heaven. 1 John 2, 3-4, to and I've said this many times, You're known by me if you keep my commandments. If you say you know me and don't keep my commandments, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Where do liars end up? In a lake of fire. So keep that in mind. It's truth, another word for law, and grace. That is what our full face is. Truth, another word for law, and grace. You can't have one or the other. You need both. One represents the priesthood of grace. One represents the kingdom of of law. The balance is to go both, hand in hand. They're both balanced together. That, my friend, is what a true faith is all about. And that is what our ministry, the True Faith Church of the Ancient Way, is trying to do. To reform, to, to re-recognize, to teach them the faith that was once contended for all that was lost. And it shouldn't surprise you. Jesus said, the roads narrow lead to life, and few would find it. And through our ministry, we're hoping that many of you will find and rediscover that truth, another word for law, spiritual law, in our, which is the commandments of God, our law, our hearts and mind, and grace, go hand in hand. And you need one and you need the other. You need both. They both represent two sides of the spectrum of our faith. The grace represents the spectrum of Jesus' priesthood and the royal priesthood for us in the church. And the other spectrum is it represents Jesus as king and the law and ruler and the holy nation of Israel. The two go hand in hand. And Jesus reconciled them on the cross when that happened, in addition to forgiving our sins. That, my friend, 
is what a true faith is all about. It's not only grace and love, but it's obedience that leads to holiness. It's four components to make a complete faith. Without that complete faith, you have a partial faith, and you will hear the words, You are a liar, and the truth is not in you. Depart from me, you evildoer. All right, that's it. This is Nick with the True Faith Church of the Ancient Way. You can listen to us on our uh, uh, YouTube channel, the same name, or you could join our online church with the same name on Facebook groups. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Good afternoon. This is Nick with the True Faith Church of the Ancient Way, and we're going to be talking about the current heresies of the church. One of the heresies going on in one of the churches right now is we're talking about a lot of people are saying is there is no rapture. Well, why do they say there is no rapture? I guess they haven't listened to the Word of God, what it says about that. And if you go and take your Bibles, there is an interesting passage and it says about there's two people in uh, waiting. Here we go. In Luke chapter 17, verse starting with verse 34, it says, Falling, I will tell you on that night there will be two in one bed. One will be taken and the other will be left. There will be two women grinding at the same place. One will be taken, the other will be left. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other will be left. And then answering them, I said to him, Where, Lord? And he said to them, Where the body is, there the vultures, some version said the eagles, will be gathered. Which could be a place of worship, maybe. I don't know. But that's a verse, I look at that verse, and I'm going like, huh? And then you go to um, the book of uh, first, really first Thessalonians, I believe it is. Let me see, uh, or is that second Thessalonians? Let's see here. Okay. Yes, first Thessalonians. Here we go. It is first Thessalonians chapter four, starting with verse sixteen. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpets of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Hmm. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in a cloud, to meet the Lord in the air, so we shall be, always be the Lord, therefore comfort one another with these words. It said the dead would rise in Christ first. They would rise up first, and we would follow them afterwards, you know? And so you ask yourself that question, like, well, how can that be at the very end? It said the dead are rise in Christ first. But anyway, yes, there's a rapture. Didn't it not say in the Gospels, and I guess it's in the Gospel of Matthew, it said that, As it was in the days of Noah and Lot, so it shall be in the days of the Son of Man. Well, if you realize the historical context of the days of Noah and the days of Lot, you realize in the days of Noah, 
not only there were violence in the world, but God protected Noah and his family, his sons and their daughters and his wife. And, or actually Noah's daughters-in-law, his sons and his wife. And God delivered them. Actually, it was the same day of destruction, of judgment. It was the same day of deliverance. Very interesting. The same with Lot. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And the same day that destruction was decreed for Sodom and Gomorrah, God delivered um, Lot and his wife and his two daughters from uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And he, 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 so the destruction went on the same day as deliverance. And I believe that's how God works. It says in the scriptures that God never changes. And Malachi says God never changes. And the book of Hebrews said Jesus same yesterday, today, and forever. It also said in the scriptures God is not destined for a wrath, but obtained salvation for our Lord Jesus Christ. And it says that Jesus is Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. It says this in the scriptures. You know, so I don't know why people think, oh, no, there is no rapture. Well, clearly I share these scripture verses, and it says that one will be taken, one will be left behind. I, I don't agree with that. And based on the historical narrative of what God did in the past to deliver his people from destruction and judgment, he will do, I believe, the same in the future and in the present. So... I guess the question is, is what is considered a great tribulation and what is considered tribulation? Because Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be a good cheer, I have overcome the world. So I do believe we may stay here for the beginnings of tribulation, but the great, the worst of it, will be removed. So that is a question of what is that. We don't really completely know. But I do believe this. We will be removed before the Antichrist comes to power and force people to get a chip on their hand and forehead. And that, I believe, from what I'm reading in the papers and reading the news, that we are very, very close. So it's not too much longer that until the rapture will occur. So, okay, we talk about that issue. The next issue I'm going to talk about is once save, always save. And this one I really, really do not like at all. Because, you know, Romans 8, chapter 1 says, um, Therefore there is no combination of those who are in Christ Jesus. But other translations, older translations, left out, or the newer translations left out what was in older translations. Who walk not according to the flesh, but the spirit. It doesn't say it doesn't doesn't it say in the scriptures those who are under the spirit are not under the law, because the law is living inside of their hearts and mind. That's why. So another verse I like to show share with you. I found this out a few years back. Ezekiel chapter eighteen. Ezekiel chapter eighteen. Um, a very interesting verse to say the least, and uh, you know. It really disputes that once save, always save, according to this. Now, a lot of people argue with me and say, well, that's the Old Testament. That's not the New Testament. Okay, I'd like to point out something. You know, in, in the scriptures, it says in the New Testament, it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, 
For all scripture is inspired by God, profitable for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequately, adequately equipped for every good works. Now keep this in mind, for all scripture. You gotta remember, the New Testament was not created in the first century. The New Testament is deprived of different parts. The first part, the Gospels, was the history of Jesus. The next part, the Book of Acts, was the history of the church. The next part was the letters to the churches, mostly written by Paul and Peter and, and John. Sounds like a concert interest in us <laughs> like a musical group but it figured that one out and and most were written by Paul and and Jude was one of them too and then the last part the scripture is referring to the book of revelations the future that's the breakdown so that did not exist prior to when this was written this letter was written of uh Timothy uh 316. I believe it's 1 Timothy 316. <laughs> and let me double check on that, but it is, I believe, it might have been 2 Timothy 316. It is 2 Timothy 316. Okay. So, anyway, so it's referring to the Old Testament. Because the New Testament didn't exist back then. Keep that in mind. So in Ezekiel chapter 18, it says the following. I'll start with verse 21. But if the wicked man turns from all his sins, which he has committed and observed, and all the statutes and practice and justice and righteousness, he shall surely live. He shall not die. All his transgressions which he committed will not be remembered against him. Because of his righteousness, which he has practiced, he will live. Do I have any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, rather that he should turn from his ways and live? So that's what happens when a man who doesn't know the Lord turns from the wickedness and turns to the Lord. Then they shall live for eternity. But here's an interesting verse, verse 24. But when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness commits iniquity, and does according to all the abominations that a wicked man does, will he live? All his righteous deeds which have been done will not be remembered for his treachery which is committed and his sin which is committed. For them he will die. Then it's like he repeats it again to, to, to reinforce it. Verse 25. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not right. Hear now, O Israel, house of Israel. Is my way not right? Is it not your ways that are not right? When a righteous man turns away from his righteousness, commit iniquity, and because of all of it, for his iniquity which he has committed, he will die. Again, when a wicked man turns away from his wickedness which he has committed, and practice justice and righteousness, he will save his life. And that is the once save, always save, I believe, being disputed. And then the third um, heresy going on in the modern churches today is the one about saying it's grace alone we are saved. Now, 
The problem I have with that is in Psalm 111. Just look at this, Psalm 111. It says the following. 111 says the following, starting with verse 7. The works of your, his hands are truth and justice. In all his precepts are sure. They are upheld forever and ever. Remember, the word precepts is another word for commandments. So it actually says, thy commandments are forever and ever. Well, if there is no involvement of us to follow the commandments of God, how in a world can that be if God says they are forever and ever? Sorry, the commandments are not abolished. There's not according to that verse. Now, what I also like to mention about this is what that word truth means. It says in the uh, Gospel of John, the law came from Moses, but grace and truth came from Jesus. Truth is the key word. Go to Psalm 119, verse 142. And by the way, this particular verse I'm going to share with you is what brought, brought my transformation and made me realize that a faith in Jesus Christ is not only grace alone, but it's grace and truth. <clears throat> Psalm 119, verse 142 says the following, Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. Again, your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. Now you're probably saying, well, he could be referring what law he's referring to. Ah, verse 151. You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truths. So the spirit of law and the law of the spirit are one and the same. So truth is another word for spiritual law. You know how it says in the scriptures, in the new covenant, it says, I will put my what? My laws in her heart and mind. You see, in the Old Covenant, we had a law of tablets of stone. We did our own ability. In the New Covenant, we have the tablets of stone put in our heart now through the Holy Spirit. And now it's of the... Okay, we will uh, continue here. Uh, this is Nick Cuccinello with the uh, True Faith Church of the Ancient Way. And here we're, we're talking about the different modern-day heresies. We already talked about that there is no rapture heresy. We talked about that uh, one save, always save heresy. And now we're talking about the heresy that all we need is grace alone and you don't need the commandments of God. And now we will continue on that segment. Anyway, um, as I said, to recap, um, Psalm 119 verse 142 said, your righteousness, everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. And the verse 151 says, and all your commandments are truth. So there we have it, the spirit of the law and the law of the spirit are one and the same. So when Jesus made that statement in uh, Matthew chapter 5, he said, Do not think I've come to abolish the long prophets I came to fulfill. Until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter of the law would pass away. And we probably are people are asking well what law is he talking about when the next verse he said whoever teaches the least of these commands the least king of god whoever teaches the most of these commands is greatest king of god so we know he's talking about the commandments of god and then there's an interesting verse in um luke chapter 18 i believe it is i think it is 
It is. Look at Luke chapter 18, starting with verse 18. A ruler questioned him, meaning Jesus, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He asked the question, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, Why do you call me good? No one's good except God alone. Now here is the answer Jesus gives him. What does he do to inherit eternal life? You know the commandments. Listen to that again. You know the commandments. Do not steal. Do not murder. Excuse me. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, all these things I've kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing is you still lack. It, it, sell all your possessions and distribute it to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Now, did you notice one of the commandments was deleted by Jesus when he went through that record? He left the one commandment out that he was in keeping. Thou shall not covenant. So I thought that was interesting. So it says, you know the commandments. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians. The book of 2 Corinthians. And... I want to show you an interesting verse. It will be 2 Corinthians, starting with chapter 3, starting with verse 3. Being it manifested that you are a letter of Christ, cared for by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on the tablets of stone, but on the tablets of the human heart. Such confidence we have through Christ Jesus towards God. He said, not that we are adequate ourselves to consider anything as considered from ourselves, but our adequacies from God, who also made us adequate servants of a new covenant, not with the letter but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. There's the key. The Spirit. The commandments of God are now in our hearts, in mind. If you go to the book of Hebrews, I want to show you this. Hebrews chapter 10. We will start with verse 15. And the Holy Spirit also testified to us. For after saying, this is the covenant I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws upon their heart and on their mind, and I will write them, he said. And their sins and laws deeds I will remember no more. So you see, in the Old Testament, we used to get forgiveness of our sins by doing ceremonial law, which is sacrificing goats, Sheeps, I think pigeons, turtle doves, all kind of different animals you could think of, for which you had a sacrifice for this particular animal, or for that particular sin, and so on. 
That's the grace he's talking about. We no longer have to go through that. We just go directly through him now. We don't have to do the ceremonial law anymore. Not under the new covenant. It's not that the commandments of God were abolished on the cross. No. The ordinances were. Ceremonial, civil, dietary law were abolished on the cross. But not the commandments of God. They were put in our law. The laws were put in our hearts and mind. Through the Holy Spirit. Now I have more backing up on that concept. Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. The one who keeps commandments abides in him, and he in him. We know by this that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. And then in verse 1 John 5, 2, it starts said the following. Or let's start with verse 1 of 1 John chapter 5. But whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the children born of him. And by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. Do you see that? For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not burdensome. <clears throat> now some of you are probably saying, well, maybe that's true for the Jewish believers, but not for the Christians. Wrong. 1 Corinthians seven nineteen says the following. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but what matters is keeping the commandments of God. That is what Apostle Paul said. What matters is keeping the commandments of God. So what is Nick saying? The commandments of God are still intact through the Holy Spirit. They were not abolished. You must have grace and truth, which is another word for spiritual law, where it says, Thy law is truth, thy commandments are truth. Once you understand that, and then you understand the law, the commandments of God was put in our hearts and mind through the Holy Spirit, you know now that they are intact. Further, for you who don't believe in what I'm saying, take heed at this verse, a most terrifying verse. But before I share that, I want to share a couple more verses with you. Let's go to Revelations 14. 12, Revelations 14, 12. And listen to this. It, it says the following. Here is the perseverance of the saints. And listen to what it says first. Who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. Here is the perseverance of the saints. Who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. Now, if you go to the last chapter of Revelations... In newer translations, it would say, Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter to the gates of the city. But the old versions used to say the following, Blessed are those that keep his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter to the gates of the city. Now, if you're not entering to the gates of the city, you're outside the city gates. And here's who's outside the city gates. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says the following. And by this we know that we have come to know him. Listen to that. We have come to know him 
if we keep his commandments. Realize it and say we come to know him through grace. And then it says, the one who says I come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Wait a minute. Liars do not inherit the kingdom of God. They end up in the lake of fire. And God said, you're a liar and the truth, which is another word for spiritual law, is not in them. That's a pretty scary verse. So what I'm saying to you, my friends, is the commandments of God are still intact through the Holy Spirit. And the churches out there that do not teach this is a partial faith. The bottom line is this. You need both grace and truth. You cannot have one or the other. Or you have a partial faith. The commandments of God are still intact through the Holy Spirit. The commandments of God were not abolished. They were fulfilled in Christ and us. And now you say, but we're by faith. Yes, you are by faith. You're under what's called the law of faith. If you go to Romans chapter 3, 27, Romans chapter 3, 27, let me share with you a couple interesting verses here. Okay, it says the following. Where then is your boasting? Is it included by what kind of law? Of works? No, but by a law of faith. It says by a law of faith. And then, it says in Romans chapter 7, it says verse 12, So then the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and righteous, and good. Wait a minute. And then verse 14, For we know the law is spiritual. Aha. Uh -huh. And then going on verse 22, I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. Verse 25 says, Thank be God for Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on one hand, I, my, with myself, my mind, am serving the law of God, but with the other hand, with my flesh, the law of sin. And by the word, the word sin is lawlessness. You cannot have sin unless there's a law in play. Now, in regards to the law of faith, go to Genesis chapter 26. I am going to share with you a verse that preceded the commandments of God. And it really, really will make you think and saying, well, wait a minute. How can that be? Well, it is what it is. And this was God speaking to Isaac. Genesis chapter 26, verse 5 said the following. Because Abraham obeyed and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my law. That's the law of faith they're talking about. So, I think what happened is this. The law was always intended to be in our hearts and mind. It was never to be an outwardly expression of doing it out of duty. It was to do it out of the love of God. In fact, Jesus said the key to abiding is to follow his commandments, to follow the commandments of God through him, through his example. In John 15.10, it says, Jesus said, abide in my love and follow my commandments as I follow my father's commandments and abide in his love. The key 
to abiding in Christ is abiding his commandments through the Holy Spirit. And then grace follows when we break the commandments of God. So when you break the commandments of God, you ask for forgiveness from Jesus and he forgives you. Same way as like the Old Testament, it was just transferred. Instead of the animals to ask for forgiveness of sins, we just go directly to him for forgiveness of our sins. That's the difference, my friends. It was not abolished. You can't have something to be abolished when Jesus said, till heaven and earth pass away, not one layer of the law pass away. You can't be, have something be abolished when it says in Psalm 111, thy commandments are forever and ever. They're eternal. Think about it. It said that it's a point for all men to die once. Then comes judgment. Judgment from what? Judgment, how can you be judged unless you're being judged by something? Yes, you're being judged by breaking the commandments of God. And what is righteousness? Righteousness is following commandments of God. Righteousness is what the commandments of God are. Psalm 119 verse 172 says the following, Thy commandments are righteous. So when it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, For all scriptures inspired by God, prophet reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, your example of training in righteousness is the commandments of God. Right there, through the Holy Spirit. That's what I see, according to what the scripture is saying. And this is not being taught in most churches. And I can tell you this much. Churches that do not teach the commandments of God are still intact through the Holy Spirit, are apostate churches. They are lukewarm churches. And Jesus said a very firm word about the lukewarm that you spit them out of their mouths. Get out of those churches and get to the churches that teach love, grace, obedience, and holiness. Because you're not going to make it to heaven in those churches that have a partial gospel. The Bible said there's no partiality with God. And I challenge any pastor to prove me wrong. You will not be able to, not according to the scriptures God has given me. I believe that in all my heart. I will never change my position. In fact, my position has gotten firmer and firmer because I got more deeper and deeper into understanding this issue. And more scriptures the Holy Spirit has led me to, to solidify it. And I tell you, Psalm 111, solidify it for me. Thy commandments are forever and ever. Well, if you're forever and ever, they can't be abolished. It was transferred from the tablet of stone to the tablets of heart. So... Basically, the conditions change, but the outcome's the same. Those commandments are still intact through the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's it. Um, thank you for listening. This is Nick with the True Faith Church HOA. You can listen to us on our website, True Faith Church HOA on YouTube, or join our online church, True Faith Church HOA on Facebook. Until next thing, God bless. Share this uh, iPod, iPod, <laughs> podcast with your friends. God bless you. Bye-bye.